Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex, associate editor and film writer at Deadline.com. Today... We're talking to television and film writer Tembi Banks, and we're talking about her feature debut film, Young Wild Freight, which premiered at Sundance this year. And the film stars Algie Smith, Sanaa Lathan, Sierra Capri, and Mike Epps. Between struggling in school, caring for his two younger siblings, and having just been let go from his job, Brandon, played by Smith, often uses his art as an escape from the confines of his subdued day-to-day life. Enter Cassidy, Sierra Capri from On My Block. If you've watched that show, if you haven't, you should go and watch it. She's a bedazzled bad girl, dripping in confidence, freedom, and danger. Lured in by her whimsy, Brandon teams up with Cassidy, seamlessly slipping into the role of Clyde to her Bonnie as they make their way down an increasingly perilous path. Now, about director. My girl, then Banks. She is an award-winning writer-director from Harlem. And her directing work includes episodes of Insecure and The Sex Lives of College Girls. She's also written on the Emmy-nominated series The Only Murderers in the Building. And her feature film debut, of course, is Young Wild Free, which premiered at Sundance to an uproarious applause. That was a lot of fun. And we had a panel discussion about the film, which is really great to hear everybody's perspectives about the work that they've done. Now, her and I grew up in in Harlem in the same general area, actually. And it's so funny to find people like that in this business because you find that the world is small, but the industry is much smaller. Now, on today's episode... Tembi and I discuss working on the East Coast versus working on the West Coast and being a filmmaker and an artist. Uh, We talk about what life has been like since her film debuted at Sundance. And we talk about the unglamorous aspects of indie filmmaking. Now, if you like what you hear on the episode, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast on Apple, Spotify, and iHeart. And with that said, let's get into it. I was a huge John Hughes fan. I loved his films, but none of those centered black people. And so I realized that once I became a filmmaker, I wanted to change that. I wanted to make a film that I would have wanted to see when I was growing up. And so Young Wall Free is very much in that vein. Thank you, Simbi Banks, for coming on the Scene to Scene podcast. Uh, You mentioned you were sick. I'm sad to hear that. I hope you get better soon. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Yes, it's it's like par for the course when you're raising a two-year-old who goes to school. He brings back all the lovely germs, you know, every couple of weeks. So we're just over here with the sniffles a little bit, but, you know, I'm making it. They have like the strongest immune systems because they just bring back everything. And yes. You're the one yes. that gets sick as a result. 
And it's only the moms, right? Because he's right. like kissing me in the mouth and feeding me all his, you know, foods and 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 everything. But like my husband is just like a-okay. He's just cruising every single time. But it's just me and him that are in lockstep, like always sick together. Sick together. And are you so you're in LA right now, right? I am. I'm back in LA, was just in New York, um, hometown, having a good old time at Urban World, but I'm back. Can you can you talk about some of the differences? Because I've always been curious about this. As a native New Yorker who currently lives in Los Angeles um, and is in the entertainment industry, can you talk about some of the differences that you may have noticed in not only the people, but kind of how the business sort of navigates itself on the various coasts? Well, you know, I don't even know if I know a lot about how the business navigates itself in New York because I have completely, you know, gotten my start and built myself um, as far as my film career in L.A. Oh, okay. You know, I go back and visit, you know, from time to time. Obviously, I still have, like, friends and family there, Um and, you know, um, I don't really get like a huge sense of like how things work there. But in talking to a lot of my friends there, most of the people that I talk to there are acting. Um, and first and foremost, you know, they love it. They they are stubborn. They don't want to make it out West, you know, and they know that it has its benefits as far as like having FaceTime with certain executives and certain you know people in the business that are important but they just love the energy in New York so much that they're just trying to hold on and and stay in Brooklyn or Harlem for as long as they can but I think you know um I do after the pandemic uh I had some friends and even some who were a little bit more pioneers I'll say before the pandemic just on their own volition they they went back to New York, they're writers for TV, one one person in particular, and was like, I've, I've had it. I'm going to go back home to Brooklyn and post up there and write from there. And, you know, um, they're in rooms um, that are either physically meeting in New York or virtually meeting. Um, and so they can log on. And um, I think a lot of the times it's virtually the same, just less less of like the meet and greets and less of like the generals, you know, like driving all across town and stuff like that. And, and um, I, I think, you know, you can just like kind of hone in and focus more on just like the actual work of like writing or whatever um, and not as much smooching. That's what I would guess. Wow. That's a really interesting uh, assessment. I, I do find it as someone who's like trying to write and, you know, stuff like that, I do find it a little bit more to the point, you know, having lived and worked in LA and, um, or lived and worked in California and lived in New York, I, I do find things move a little bit quicker and are more to the point. That That's about all I can give on that. Yeah. And it does have its, its advantages in terms of just logistics in, in general. So I could see why people would be like, eh. I'm more focused on staying around in New York. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about things post Sundance. Um, I remember, you know, when we first met in person at Sundance at the Macro House and, you know, your film had got released there and 
you know, everybody was talking about it. And here we are, was this month 11, it's November. Um, what have things been like since then? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it feels like, you know, a lifetime, you know, way more than 11 months has passed. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting. I had an amazing time at Sundance and I had so many people come before me, you know, whether I knew them personally or, you know, read articles and kind of like, you know, understood from a distance, but I was kind of prepared for what Sundance would bring in the aftermath of it, because, you know, while you're there, there's so much excitement and just, just like a flurry of energy and emotions and happiness. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I was present and I soaked it all in and I enjoyed every moment of it. And I really did, you know, just had a lasting impact on me. You know, e even our conversation that we had, Valerie, like that's something that I just like always go back to in my mind and, and really appreciate. Um, and then, you know, there's like that quiet after it, right? Because I think while Sundance is the holy grail for a lot of people, especially in indie film, to, to to land there and premiere there. I think what some people probably don't know is that, you know, indie filmmaking is hard. And so getting a film sold, getting distribution, you know, having an impact and, and, and having, you know, lots of people watch it and respond to it and it being a calling card, that hard work um, comes after Sundance and it's not glamorous and it's not mm. like, you know, always this flurry of just like, oh my God, you know, happiness. People fawning over you. Fawning over you. It's a lot more isolated. It's a lot more uncertain. And so I was prepared for that for sure. Um, and, you know, I think this particular year has been even harder for indie film, um, and speaking to my peers and going through the process myself, you know, films that would have sold no problem, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, it had all the makings, right? Like it had the right type of cast, the right genre, whether it's coming of age or rom-com or quirky indie or whatever, um, the right tone, the right themes, you know, they're, they're just films that you kind of can pluck off and say, okay, A24 will probably pick that up. Okay, Netflix will probably grab that. Oh, you know, this one will probably sell for, you know, a good amount over there. None of that was happening, you know? Um, you had Tribeca and you have South By who followed up. And um, I was told that nothing like really sold there in that moment. You're right though. You're right. Like it just wasn't the market that it has been. I've been to South by a bunch of times and I've been to Sundance a bunch of times and films were just not flying off the shelf like that. Either no, it no. came with the studio or, you know, people's films were being picked up like eight, nine months later. Exactly. And for minimal amounts, might I add, I mean, yeah. for a fraction of the amount it took to Yikes fraction okay like 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 really small numbers you know like barely could cover the cost of you know what it took to feed the crew much less like the God. production and so that's the market that we've been navigating for the past couple of months and you know um I'll say that I've been blessed you know our film came out of it with 
um, a, 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 a good amount of offers as far as interest, but the offers were financially just not in the zone where, you know, my financiers could really take them like for what they were. And so we spent the last, you know, 11 months trying to figure out and navigate what would, you know, be financially sound for them. Because remember, two black financiers. And so, you know, the moves that they make and, and, and the things that, you know, the business that they have to kind of like answer to is different, you know, just based on them being African-American, you know, men in this place with money, um, in this marketplace with money, you know, and so that's what we've been navigating, which has been hard. Um, and and we're circling around the deal right now, which is the exciting part. But, um, you know, I think the other part of it, too, is just uh, the, the the upside of it is, you know, what does happen if if you're lucky is people do say, hey, you were just at Sundance, let me meet with you. Hey, you were just at Sundance, I saw your film, would love to meet with you. And so a lot of that has happened, which is the good part. And um, people have gotten to know me within the industry as a filmmaker, whether they've seen my film or just heard good things and said like, you know, let's rap, let's talk, let's figure out, you know, if we can work together, which is, you know, always nice because you never mm -hmm. know when when it could lead to, to something happening that could actually be great. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So how does one mentally prepare for and deal with this lag in time? And I think, you know, as people who are new to the industry, I think a lot of them get into this neglecting that fact or maybe not realizing just how slow this shit moves. Oh my God. You know, how does one protect themselves from just being like, oh, I quit because I don't have, you know, we live in a society where uh, fast production is king. And, uh -huh. you know, when people can't get things done, you know, quickly, it seems like all hope is lost. Yeah. So, you know, how do you keep that? How do you keep that fire, that energy that keeps you sort of going? Well, two parts to that question. Just the, the 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 practical nature of it is understanding how to have other hustles while you wait on the film industry. And so, you know, case in point, when I first got with my manager, um, almost you know, it was like eight years ago. Um, one of the things you know we talked about when we first just talked about like what I wanted to do, my trajectory, my goals, my plans, and I was like, look, um, I want to work in both TV and film, and right now I'm focused on TV and getting into a writer's room, but you know, I 100% want to be a filmmaker, and she was just like, that's cool but I need you to promise me that we're going to focus on TV first and get some checks and some headway, you know, first, and then we'll pivot to film because you want to be making some money and you want to be in a, a bit of a comfortable situation, you know, um, where you have 
a part of your career flourishing and moving while you're waiting for that very, very, very slow film, you know, um, system to, to, to make its way, you know, um, and, and actually blossom into something for you. And she was like, I promise you, you'll see TV moves fast, film moves extremely slow. And I was just like, cool, got it. Like I'm, I'm with that game plan. And as we have moved throughout my career, she'll just like, look at me some days, you know, and she'll be like, didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you about this film hustle? And I was like, yes. And, you know, I think it has 100% alleviated some of the pressure because, you know, one of the things that I think people just don't talk about in this career is one of the ways to just like maintain like that perseverance is having a little bit of like that monkey off your back financially, right? Because when you know, you know, you're able to kind of like pay your bills, um, you know, you can work on that script, right? Like you can go back out and pitch that 11th studio. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can get mm. up and go every morning and keep fighting and keep trying to get talent attached to your film and keep trying to like press on because you're like, you know, at least the lights are on and the bills are paid. But when you have that double kind of like pressure of no money's coming in, I can't really even maintain myself um, and I'm, you know, not making any headway and things are moving really slowly, that can get um, really, really trying. And so just from like that practical standpoint, I think that's important. And whatever that hustle is for you, I think if it's within the the TV and film industry and it, and it still is getting your creative juices flowing and you still feel like you have a footing in the industry, the better, you know, like it's harder to to, to feel like you're in it if you're like a barista and you're writing your films on the side, but you know what I mean? But like, just to make sure that that's going on, I think is important. And then I just also think, you know, um, understanding that this is a long game and that you're looking for one, yes. And so you just have to wake up every day and say, I only need one, yes, and keep fighting for it. And just know that you know, what's always so illuminating and great to me is reading the countless stories um, and hearing, you know, from people who are greats, who are have made some of the most, you know, seminal pieces of art and work in our time say, oh, they told me this movie would never make it. Oh, they told me the script was trash. Oh, you know, I got 20 no's before I got one yes. And it was from a small company no one ever heard of. So I think just knowing that like, it feels isolating when you're trying to make it work, but you are not alone. You're with a group and a family of people who are going through the same struggles as you. And so, you know, build that family so that you can reach out and touch another writer, another filmmaker, another editor, another cinematographer that are also in your group, in your zone, and like empower each other. I think that that's something that's also missing from the discussion, right? Is community. Yeah. And how important it is to build with various types of folks in the industry and sort of not discriminating against the types of contacts you tend to make in the industry. And that seems to be something that you're you're really discussing here. It, it's important to network and, and make connections and create community. Absolutely. And I'll say like, to even just further answer your question before, that is what has gotten me through. Having a tightly like knit circle of people 
who beyond, you know, what we talk about as far as business, um, they're just people that I like to talk to about anything, about life that I can relate to, that remind me of home, that reminds me, you know, of, you know, like good times and who I am as a person. And so, you know, I, I, it has grown tremendously over, you know, the course of this summer with all the strikes and everything, but I literally have about five group chats that I'm a part of. Um, and one being like the first one that I ever had and like with a group of friends that I have, and we just talk to each other all day, every day about nonsense, about fun things, about life, about memories, you know, growing up black and, you know, stuff that happens and we laugh and we joke. Um, and we talk about current events and we talk about, you know, things that are affecting us, like whether it be, you know, politically, spiritually, all of that. And just being able to have that, you know, constant conversation and those constant check-ins, like, you know, whenever something happens for any of us, we report it to the group. Hey, just interviewed. Hey, just got this inquiry about a job. What do y'all think? Should I take it? Hey, you know, I just got a job. And we're all like, hell yeah, like, that's so dope. You know what I mean? Like, those communities that you build are going to hold you down in the best of times, the worst of times, when it's mundane and nothing's happening, which sometimes could be more excruciating than the ups and the downs, you know, when you're just kind of coasting. Right. But but you need people. You absolutely need people. And speaking of needing people, it's really interesting because I spoke to Stephen Canals earlier in the summer, and he said that the two of you were working on stuff um yes because we were talking about the strike and how this has affected writers and, and people just in general and he said that you guys are working on something but can you tell me more about some of the other things that you might be working on I know you've directed a couple of episodes of television that I do know and yes. um it seems like you have something going on with Steven and I'm just curious to know what else do you have going on when you talk about side hustles and stuff let's hear about some of that stuff yeah, yeah. Well, first off, Stephen Cannells is like one of the greatest collaborators I've ever had. Um, and again, not just because he's smart and, you know, um, is a great writer, is a great producer, um, and is super creative. He's great because of just who he is as a person. And so when you talk about collaborators and people that you join forces with to make things, it's always important to try to find people that are just good people. What I'm working on with Steven is a pilot based on Gabare Sidibe's real life experience and being a phone sex operator. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, fun times. If you can just imagine all the hilarity with that, all the stories. Um, and so that's one thing that all three of us are working on and we're we're um, gonna find a home for that hopefully in the new year. And so that, that, that's been really fun and really great. Um, and I did that coming right out of Sundance. So literally got home from Utah and started prepping that. Um, and, and then I've just got a ton of stuff in development 
both TV wise and film wise. Um, I've been working for years now on a show with Joy Reid from MSNBC. And uh, we were introduced by um, a longtime friend of mine named Chris Witherspoon, who's um, an entertainment correspondent. And we started talking years ago uh, because Joy, you know, had really come up in a time where when Obama was coming um, into his presidency. And, um, you know, there was so much that she learned and gleaned from the campaigning process from you know what it's like to be a a family um in the white house and all that came with like the black intelligentsia and um black politics um because you know things got really kicked up into high gear in a way that we never seen before when it comes to black washington dc when um the obamas came into office right um it was like the clintons times 20 Right? right. As far as black folks having like a say, a place and an agenda and, and things to, to to do. And so we were like, you know, we kind of are craving, you know, a narrative depiction of that. You know, we've gotten a taste, you know, of what, you know, Washington looks like, whether it's been the West Wing, whether it's been House of Cards, whether it's been, you know, Madam Secretary, whether it's been Scandal, but we've never really zeroed in and focused acutely on, um, you know, um, Black politics in America. And so we've, uh, we're developing a series based on that, that's sexy and fun as, as much as it is, you know, informative and important as far as like giving Black politics a voice in a narrative way. So really excited about that. And that's another one that we're we're about to head out and pitch. Um, and then I've just got like um, a few film projects that I'm working on, working on something with, with Issa Rae's team. Um, it's a genre film, like with horror in it, like Lala Anthony's also on it. Because, um, you know, I love YA. Right. I think we talked about this when, when we had our panel uh, at Sundance, but I'm a a big fan of YA films growing up. Yeah, you did mention that. You did mention that. Yeah, but I also, you know, realized as I got older, like, hey, I love watching all these John Hughes films and, and you know, Teen Wolf and all that kind of stuff, but I was never in it, right? Like, Black folks were never centered in it. We never had, like, a whole genre of films where we can just go to and see young Black teenage kids having fun, getting into mischief, having the ups and downs of what it means to be in your adolescence and in and, and those years. And and so anytime, you know, the right project comes along where that gets to be showcased, I'm all in because, you know, I would love for the next generation of kids to have a canon of films that they can look to that represent them. And that feels like it's them. It's in their neighborhoods, their worlds, their language. Um, and it shows that black kids can, can also, you know, come of age in a way where we can just celebrate them. I think that that's a really good point. You really got when you talk about hustle I mean baby you are really doing <laughs> but I mean I don't really I mean you know hustle culture is a thing you know especially if you come from New York and I don't know a New Yorker a native New Yorker who's not whose hands are not in all of the pots yeah um, you know just to get you know what they need to get done so Props to you, Thembi, for just doing it because I, you know, when we met at Sundance, I, I knew that, you know, from your direction and Young Wild Free and 
just your attitude. I just knew that, you know, you would have no problem excelling in this type of industry. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear about all the things, the projects you're working on and, you know, creating the projects that you want to see. So I'm really happy to hear all of this. Thank you. Yes, yes. And and just like, just one little thing too, because I, what I do appreciate as far as like us just being an evolved society and always tapping in, tapping into to, you know, our deeper selves, our core and, and checking in on ourselves in a way that like our, you know, previous generations have not done. And it wasn't a part of our like natural language and conversation, you know, years before, you know, being a hustler, being from New York, yes, it's a part of my core identity, but I also have come to really appreciate stillness and rest and nap. And all of that too, you know, because, um, you know, it's very much needed to recharge and and get yourself centered to be your best creative self. So I think they just kind of go hand in hand. So I also want people who are listening to know, like, as much as you just got to burn the midnight oil and hustle, there is a part of you that needs to be fed too, you know, that's outside of that. But yeah, I think you know, now that we've been on strike and we've been resting, we are entering hustle mode 2024. So let's all get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the holiday and then get back to work. That's yes, it. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, as I, you know, sort of evolve in this sort of journalism space and tap into my more creative side, I've met a lot of people who I'm like, damn, I would love to work with them one day. And you're definitely one of them. I can't wait till, you. you know, we can meet eye to eye on one of these projects one day and yeah. create something cool. Absolutely. So, thank you for, for coming onto my podcast and just sort of being a beacon of hope uh, for me personally. It's an honor to talk to you. I appreciate you existing in this space and being a voice for us. So I would do it anytime you call. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I hope you have a, a great day. And I hope that when the opportunity comes around, everybody can see Young Wild Free. It's I fun. Can't wait. Yeah, is it Young is Young Wild Free, right? Yes, Young Wild Free. Um, sometimes people say and Young Wild and Free, but it's just Young Wild Free. Yep. And hopefully we'll have an announcement soon as far as like um a premiere date and all that. So yeah. Yeah, you guys see it's a fun film and it's really great characters. So thank you. Take care and thank you again. Same, same to you.